This is Consumed, a podcast featuring casual conversations with eaters, drinkers, thinkers, and makers around California Central Coast and beyond. I'm Jamie Lewis, and this is my 10th season, which means I've done 100 episodes. Let's celebrate, shall we? I want to start by saying thank you to a couple sponsors. First, I'm always grateful for Ranchos de Anaveros Wines in the Santa Maria Valley. Did you ever see the movie Psalm? Remember the young blonde guy who eventually became a master sommelier? His name is Ian Cobble, and he recently had this to say about James Anaveros' Native 9 2013 Pinot Noir. This wine left an indelible impression on me renewing my faith in California Pinot Noir's ability to age. Had I tasted it blind, I might have easily mistaken it for a polished and much more expensive Moray Saint-Denis wine from a Premier Cru vineyard. The 2013 Native 9 from James Onoveros' Heritage Vineyard overlooking the Santa Maria Valley is a wine any Burgundy producer would be proud to have made. This is high, high praise, my friends. Taste Ranchos de Onoveros wines yourself at the station in Los Alamos or learn more at ranchosdeonaveros.com. Thanks also to Slow Life Magazine, the publication that delights in sharing the spirit of San Luis Obispo, California. I'm considering writing about Hawaiian food restaurants for my next food column in the magazine, like Shave Ice at Big Al's in Avila Beach, Hawaiian Plate Lunches at Red Dirt Coffee House in Arroyo Grande, and Span Musubi at Kilo Kilo Brewing in Paso Robles. Want to learn more? Pick up Slow Life on newsstands at Boo Boo Records and Barnes & Noble, or subscribe at slowlifemagazine.com. Elizabeth Poet wears many hats, both figuratively and literally. She is a seventh-generation cattle rancher on Rancho San Julian near Lompoc, California, a home cook, an entrepreneur, a mother, a wife, a daughter, and the talent behind a new show called Ranch to Table on the Magnolia Network, which is owned by Chip and Joanna Gaines. Now in its first season, Ranch to Table features Elizabeth's recipes in the kitchen of her family's historic California ranch. We talked about having fun in the kitchen, mending fences that will last, and being better busy. Enjoy my conversation with Elizabeth Poet. I'm not quite sure. I don't know if I actually have a name for this. (laughs) Well, it's like a a peach morning coffee cake. Yeah, it's kind of like a coffee cake. Mm -hmm. And some really lovely cinnamony tea. And this is the most most hospitality I've been shown as a podcaster. (laughs) Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Of course. Um, so I actually want to ask about your last name. You have the most romantic-sounding mm. name. Oh, my parents did well. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> Where does this name come from? Like, what's the heritage of Poet? Um, it is an English name, and it was um, the family that came over, and they were really the map makers of the ranch. And oh. they uh, fell in love with a Delaguerra, which was my mm-hmm. great-grandmother, and hence the... Uh, that poet name came into the family. It's beautiful. And Delaguerra, if you live anywhere near Santa Barbara, mm-hmm. you will know you are Delaguerra like Delaguerra Street, the Presidio, right? It, it is true. Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, okay. That was my, so my great, 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 great grandfather was Jose Delaguerra. And so he was the one who kind of started this process and the ranch has been in our family ever since. 
Which is incredible. What generation are you? I'm a seventh generation, okay. and my boys are are eight. Yeah, amazing, totally yeah. amazing. Yeah. So. Um, and it's probably old hat to you. I mean, does it? Do you ever? Do you ever feel like you take it for granted? This heritage, yeah. I mean, like no, the I think no. It's such a good question. I think that I. Um, when I was younger, I don't think I ever took it for granted. I just didn't understand how special this place was. Mm -hmm. And so I had to go away for a little bit um, that I, you know, not like anyone told me to go away, but I told myself, like, yes. I'm going to go out and adventure in the world and um, meet different people and do different things. And um, and it was really only until I started coming back to visit my family. And I'm like, what am I doing? Mm -hmm. Like, I need to come back here yeah. as fast as possible yeah. because this is such a special place. So I don't, so I never took it for granted. I just don't think I ever really understood how special this place was until I went away. Yeah. I mean, pulling up here, it's, it is pretty incredible. What I noticed right away driving up was going over your bridge. Mm. I looked out my left. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> I got a Volvo that weighs like 9 billion pounds. But I was <laughs> looking out my window at all of the planks going up and down. I realized, God, this place is, it really is old. Totally safe. But it really has so many... Um, yeah, that's one of on one of our projects this summer. No, don't change it. <laughs> no, is it just unsafe it, or what? No, it's safe. It just you know needs everything. Everything is old here, and mm -hmm. we use it every single day. And so we just take care of things and work on them as we go. And projects, and um, I, I think that that is how this ranch has really survived. Is that we have take we haven't taken things for granted. We have taken what we have and we have used them um, to the best that we can. Yeah. And so something like the bridge is a perfect example. You know, it's a, <laughs> it's, it's, it's the project. And actually it's so funny because my husband and I were discussing it the other day about like, that's the, that's our next project this summer, you know? <laughs> yes. And uh, cause it's been such a busy summer. So yeah. it's sweet that you noticed that. Oh, but, I yeah. noticed it right yeah. away as I roll <laughs> and start lifting. Yes. It's great. So, Maybe we go back to the beginning. So you are a Santa Barbara County native. You're born yes. here. Um, and you were raised on this property or on yes. San Julian yep. land. Okay. Yeah, I was born and raised on the ranch. Okay. Yeah. Did you do a lot of like the roping and the branding and the selling and all that from a young age? Um, I, I was super involved. I wasn't necessarily... Um, uh, we... I was very much involved, but I wasn't necessarily like the roper, yeah, um, a horse girl in in that way. Mm -hmm. I was more um, like jump in the truck and we're going to move the cows, or or I mean, I would ride, but I wasn't. Um, I don't know if that sounds silly, but I wasn't a. Um, you weren't like competing in no, horse exactly. That kind I wasn't. Of thing. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah, I wasn't in competitions. I was riding. We our horses are not fancy. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we have we have working <laughs> cattle horse yeah. horses that um, they do their job and they're great and we love them. Um, yeah. But you know, I got thrown on the horse and I'm always the one who gets thrown on the like. Ah, we'll just put her on that one. <laughs> so <laughs> the dilapidated. Yeah, like <laughs> cool, great. I'll be over here. <laughs> so. So, um, so yeah, so I rode a lot, I, um, but mainly for work. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. And so then, um, from what I understand, you went off to boarding school. Mm -hmm. okay. I did. Yeah. I went to, I went to a school down in Santa Barbara for, mm -hmm. um, grade school. My mom worked down there. And so I went down there. Um, and then I went away for high school. Um, we, 
as you can see, it's a little bit of a commute. I was just going to ask. So you were making the haul to Santa Barbara every day. Every day. Yep. And Mm -hmm. we just felt for high school. um, Well, I really, my dad had gone to a boarding school and I kind of was always interested in that world. And, um, and so I chose to do that. And I'm, I'm really glad I did because I think it is hard for um, kids out here in like the country because you are, you, you know, to have that social life yeah, um, and to have to drive back and forth. Okay. So then you go off to college mm-hmm. and where yeah. did you go? I went to a small um, liberal arts college in um, Ohio called mm. Kenyon. Mm. Um, I went there. I absolutely loved it. I decided to go there. I had danced um, flamenco for years and years, and I was very much involved in theater and arts and things like that in high school. And I decided I'm going to go to college in, you know, uh, Ohio, and I'm going to join the rugby team, and <laughs> I'm just going to do everything a little different. Yeah, <laughs> right. So... Um, <laughs> <laughs> they didn't have a flamenco group? No, they didn't have a flamenco cool. group out there. Mm. Um, so I um, I just loved it, though. I was, it was just such a great eye-opening experience, and mm. I learned so much. And How big was that school? Friends. Small. It's, I think, maybe close to 2,000. Yeah. So I, I went to Vassar Small. College. Oh, yeah. 2,400 students. Yeah. And coming from the West, I grew up in Napomo. Mm. And so there's that, it's an interesting tension between, that you could probably speak really well to, between, um, you know, living in, I I was not nearly as isolated in Napomo as you were out here as a kid, but there's still like this frontier rogue thing happening in California, and then you go back east or Midwest, and it's just completely different. Right. Completely different. Completely different. Yeah. yeah. No, completely different. And um, and yeah, everything everything about it was different. Mm-hmm. And and that's what I loved. I loved feeling that just experience that difference. And I mean, even um, I f- just just the environment, just the weather. I mean, can really yeah. ex- you know make your experience different. And mm-hmm. so. Yeah, it was such a wonderful experience. Yeah. And I mean, in, and in your, you have this background in, um, you know, your family's in journalism mm-hmm. um, and the fact that your dad went off to boarding school. There's this, um, there's a pedigree there that then is met with like really hard work day to day, which is a really interesting, you don't meet people with that kind of mix very often. Mm-hmm. Um, do you play, do you feel like you play different roles sometimes? I think my parents, it was very important for my parents growing up that they they really wanted me to have, to experience all worlds. I mean, as probably most parents do, yeah. you know, they really want their children to experience the world in total. And so, um, and be able to relate to different people of all, of all kinds. Yeah. And, and so, um, you know, my parents really spent a lot of time, you know, I, my mom was a New Yorker, um, you know, through and through Italian. Um, and this, the ranch was on my father's side of the family. So when, um, they were living in New York and when they were pregnant with me, they moved out here and they really wanted to start their life here. But I think it was always very important for my mother. I mean, you know, she's like, 
blonde, blue-eyed girl, like, you're not going to dance, you know, ballet. You're going to dance flamenco, and you're going to do this and this and this, and we're going to, we just do things differently. Yeah. You know, and just try to, um, so I was very involved with ranch life, but I was also very involved in a lot of different things. Mm -hmm. Um, So I don't know if I play different roles, but I love, I love how um, my life and what I try to give my kids as well is... Mm -hmm just a real um diverse opportunities yes yeah yes same i yeah. that's what i try to provide yeah we're sure. all i think it's a it's a thing that we want to try to give them yes right so at kenyan used to oh my gosh look at captain oh <laughs> captain, off the table <laughs> oh it doesn't bother me i just think he's the cute so captain is their like, dog somebody <laughs> ate a meal here about a couple days ago and so and i'm all over yeah it. i feel like there might be scraps um so when you're in college you i i have a lot of respect for what you ended up majoring in which is spanish is it spanish studies mm-hmm. or spanish, spanish history, history. Mm-hmm. which is so you know it's such a thread back to your history what made you decide to do that I mean as a I'm guessing you were 18 19 years old making that decision pretty young to have that kind of maturity to want that yeah I loved history um I had always loved history and I really um I I had always just focused on Spanish history I Hmm. have this kind of love of Spain um, I wanted to study abroad there, mm-hmm. and I wanted to do more studying there. And so I um, just really kind of focused in on Spanish history. It was just something that, I mean, it obviously really relates to my my history and my background. Yeah. Um, but it was something that I, um, I don't know, it just called to me. Yes. And for some reason, and Spain in general is just such a, a I don't know, I, I it just so beautiful <laughs> do you guys go back over there pretty often or have um, you ever been to like where your family's from yes yeah okay. when I was young um my parents brought um us over and we got to go back and see the actual house that's now actually a um uh where Jose de la Guerra was born which are actually mm. now horse stables amazing like beautiful horse stables and um wow. it was really neat to see and so i'm sure you know being able to see that at such a young age it really opened my eyes of whoa you know amazing like, this is where we came from and amazing. so amazing yeah very yeah. cool well so um after you graduated if if i'm getting this right you actually so you've lived in new york mm-hmm. yep. and in la yep yep so i moved to i moved to new york after um college Mm -hmm. and I again wanted to do everything but agriculture Mm -hmm. and um I I um but I did start getting I mean I waitressed I bartended I did you know I um worked at as you know basically a gopher for you know ABC News at one point Mm -hmm. and just did I just tried to do I was interested in the media and um I did, I did a lot of different things yeah. and, um, I just, I had such a good time there and it was just such, again, another very different place than here, Very, but also <laughs> just so alive and so much culture and so much going on. And, um, I, I just loved it. I had a great time, Yeah, but, yeah. um, around March or April, <laughs> <laughs> I, it's the came, deciding yeah, yeah, I came home to visit and it was beautiful and green and sunny here. Mm-hmm. And I thought to myself, as I trudged back to my hole in the wall apartment, um, what am I 
doing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I might need to find my way back. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. When you were getting into, you know, well, I'm thinking about how you are now. Food is such a huge part of what you do. Mm-hmm. Was it always part of what you did? Or was it something that came about later? Um, it was definitely something that I always did. My mom, my parents always hosted. Um, and my mom was always cooking. And um, I don't know if I necessarily listened that well when I was younger um, or I never really understood how you know making fresh jam for yourself is like you can't go back after Mm. you have that Mm -hmm. you know experience and so I was just always around it I mean my job at home every single night was to be setting the table Mm -hmm. um, and you know, putting flowers on the table, even if it was just the four of us, you know, Mm. that was something that was just very important for my parents to always um, kind of give to me. And so we, and we were always hosting and always kind of different, interesting people. My mom, um, just with her work, um, my, you know, she's cool. (laughs) She she has, yeah, yeah, she has some interesting, you know, all, all this different people. And so I loved being able to um, kind of be, I, I, I don't know if I should say, I, I don't know if I would say I loved being around it. It was more just, that was my life. Yeah. And that was what I was as a kid. And so, um, food has always been something that I have loved and had a passion for and, um, kind of had fun with. Yeah. To be honest. Yeah. Yeah. I've just enjoyed it. Totally. Um, I've watched a couple of the episodes. Oh, good. Of um, Ranch to Table is the name of the show. Yes. Your, I mean, I want to say like your business, your hosting and, and yeah. the events that you do are mm-hmm. the Ranch Table, right? Yes. Okay. Yes, absolutely. Um, so I've watched a couple episodes of Ranch to Table and it's really clear to me that, I mean, you you make a point of saying this is rustic Mm -hmm. this is my style Mm -hmm. it's mostly about you know where you source the ingredients and after that it's really just quite simple but Mm -hmm. it's really flavorful Mm -hmm. um so is that something that you started with or did you ever get really into like nerdy chefy you know cream sauces and things Mm -hmm. like that or was it always you know just this flavorful simple food um I think it was always probably flavorful simple food Mm -hmm. um I um you know I would never call myself a chef I um I am just I just love to cook yeah and um and I have for a really long time and oh sorry captain no it's all good can you hear him (laughs) really he disagrees yeah he's like I actually think it's very, very creamy. Uh, <laughs> you're great in your cream sauces. Um, no, I, um, I have always just been a person who has, you know, loved to cook, and it's been just very much part of my life. And so, um, yeah, I didn't, I didn't go to school. I, I really have learned from family and friends and my parents, and, um, and also I'm just always inspired by growing food and I think what really I I wanted to be involved in food and I started um, raising cattle to sell as beef at farmers markets Mm -hmm. and I think just working for the last 15 years I I started working at the farmers market and um, selling beef and I just was so inspired by the ranchers and the farmers that go to these farmers yeah. markets and 
the things that they were growing were just um, so awesome and just so different and um, things that you can't find at a grocery store. Mm -hmm. And to me, that was what really started pushing it to another level. Um, And that's when I started talking more to my mom about cooking and really listening a bit more and started listening to, you know, neighbors and friends who, and really farmers who really cook they what really, they they yep. know what they're they know what they're growing mm-hmm. and why they're growing it they're not growing it just because oh this sounds cool or yeah. quaint it's because they they want to try it and they know it tastes good and mm-hmm. they know a million different ways to cook it yeah and so for me that has always been that is what excites me that mm-hmm. is that feeling of seasonal cooking, cooking at its peak, being able to go into the garden and, you know, pick these peaches, which were, um, you know, just right. I, we just picked them yesterday and, you know, the tree is ready and that's, you know, I wake up early and I think this is what I want to make. And that's, mm-hmm. that's what excites me. For so many people, myself included, that feels like such a fantasy, <laughs> you know, it's just so not part of, I mean, even as a food writer, um, I just, I don't pick the food that I would love to eat. Uh, and I don't always visit the farmer's market, as I sheepishly admitted. I mm-hmm. ate cold pizza on the way over here <laughs> in the car while driving. I love it. I love it. Um, I love it. But it just feels so, I think it probably for a lot of people just feels impossible. Mm-hmm. Um, what would you say to somebody maybe who's watching your show who mm-hmm. is like, but this is impossible for me. Mm-hmm. I think um, that if you are having fun in the kitchen, I think that is what I'm trying to do. Mm-hmm. That is what I'm trying to inspire people. Um, that it is not um, perfect. That it is not um, clean cut. That we do what we do. I'm a mom. I <laughs> feed my kids what I can mm-hmm. when I can. Um and like we just do our best. Yeah. And we're all doing our best. Yeah. Um, I do think there is this um sometimes I feel like there is this aura around cooking though that is just so intimidating. Yeah. And um and rightly so, there are amazing chefs, especially in our area, that yeah. I am just, you know, enthralled by that they have just done amazing they're artists in their yeah. own right. Um But my hope is to inspire people to cook and have fun with it and have Mm -hmm. friends over and to share um, and to connect with your community. That's more what I would like to inspire. Mm -hmm. Um, It's it's lovely to be able to go to a farmer's market and um, pick out fresh things because I think it helps you get more inspired, yeah. Um, or at least it inspires me. But it's definitely something that we're all human. Yeah, <laughs> we're right. all we're all working. We're all trying to make this work. Yeah. Um, it's just something that for me, food uh, does bring joy, and my hope is that I can share that with others. Right. Tell me a little bit about how you got started with the cattle. Um, did you, I mean, did you come out paying cash for, 
for heads of cattle or was it, did you have to like work up to that? How did that go? Um, I took out a business loan. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I, I yeah, like uh, we all would have yeah, to. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, um, I started a business and, um, took out a loan and bought steers from, um, I wanted to, I, we have a, we have a cow calf operation here. Mm-hmm. So, um, the cattle are born and raised here. And basically what I would like wanted to do was, um, take just continue that process and be able to buy steers from my my dad and Mm. raise them myself or buy steers from the cattle operation which I'm also part of as well but really that's kind of how it is worked um and so I um started raising them and um which takes a bit longer to get to the harvest age and then I started selling at farmers markets yeah and was that a um a pretty quick, uh, what would you call that? Uh, you know, was that a, a fast learning pace for you with starting out? I mean, I'm trying to imagine what it would be like, even if you had grown up with cattle. Yeah. If you weren't actively the one doing the work as a child, right. um, what was the, this is the word I was looking for, a steep learning curve. <laughs> I'm like, was it a fast <laughs> lesson? No, steep learning curve. Was it like that for you at the beginning? It was, it was, um, but more so I think, um, the business side of it was a steep learning curve. Um, I had to, um, really focus in on numbers and I'm not great with numbers. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, um, that part was, uh, tricky, but when it came to the farmer's market, when going, starting to actually talk to people about the cattle that we're growing and the beef that we're selling, um, to me, that was, um, I think you must have had this moment too of, um, when you are, um, when you're doing something that you love Mm -hmm. and you kind of have this moment of out of body experience where you're thinking, Oh, I'm like so happy right now. This is really fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like Mm -hmm. I'm loving this. Um, it was probably, the first time that I started really experience that kind of, whoa, wait, this mm. is, I love this. Yeah. I love this. I love being able to work with chefs and I love being able to talk to people at the farmer's market about food. Yeah. And that was like really cool. That was just that moment. And so it was definitely a lot of work. And my husband came with me. Actually, we were dating at the time and mm. he came with me to every single market for the first couple of months and helped me unload. And, you know, it's a lot of <laughs> schlepping things back so and much forth. Schlep, yeah. yeah. And, um, and, but, you know, I just started my little stand and, um, and I was on my own and, you know, I just did it. And so happy. Yeah. And I was happy. Let's take a quick detour here to talk about another consumed supporter. Slow Food Co-op's mission is to empower health and well-being in the community by providing quality groceries, local produce, and exceptional customer service. Slow Food Co-op sources from local producers, ensuring they offer their shoppers great food and household staples. Slow Food Co-op is your friendly neighborhood grocer, maintaining non-GMO standards and a variety of organic selections. You can find Slow's only community-owned grocery store and their website at slowfood.coop and visit the Slow Food Co-op in-store at 2494 Victoria Avenue in San Luis Obispo, California. (laughs) 
you are even now with what's happening with the show, you are still doing all of that. You're still selling cattle, uh, selling um, beef. Go to farmer's markets, yeah. And we okay. do extra produce or um, things that we're having in the garden. We um, Historically, the ranch has always had a kitchen garden. Mm-hmm. Um, and so um, we have really boosted that up even more because of the events that I started. So what happened really is yeah. that I was at the farmer's market and talking to a lot of people. And instead of, you know, people said, do you give tours? Do you want to come? And I... Um, I thought, you know, instead of just a tour, I really wanted to connect or have people come and really connect more about agriculture and learn something as well. Mm-hmm. And so I, um, I really just focused on having people come, but also, you know, we did a strawberry jam one. So people came and you pick strawberries and then you yes. make strawberry jam. And then, and then at the end, we sit down at these long tables and have, you know, I think we had um, a strawberry shortcake, you know, and it's tea. Such a fantastic you know. idea! It was cool. It was fun. It immersive. Was, yeah. yeah. And so, and so that has really grown. And I've started doing wine dinners, and mm. um, we've done music events, and you know, all of these different things. A lot more before um, the pandemic, that which shall not be named. Yes, <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> and so there was a full stop for mm. for a bit, but um, but. That that and that was kind of another moment that I thought, wow, I'm mm. I'm so happy I'm being able to share this and and um, I don't know, I it's love awesome, it. yeah. It's a lot though. So yeah. so you know you're running this business, you're doing mm-hmm. events, you are a mother mm-hmm. to young children mm-hmm. and a wife mm-hmm. and a daughter, mm-hmm. um, and then the Magnolia Network starts. How did they find you? Um, it's a very long, you know, friend of a friend's brother's mm. uncle mm-hmm. friend. <laughs> like it's it's a very long. So we're not quite sure. Um, <laughs> um, but I did start speaking with um, some people who were interested, and we um, kind of put it together, and mm. they were interested. And you were part of the team, just kind of designing like this almost documentary style. With a cooking element to mm-hmm. it, because it's not a cooking show. I don't think of it mm. that way. Yeah, I mean, I think it is a cooking show with, um, but more than just. I mean, I think I think it's more than just a cooking show. Yes, you okay, know, yeah, yeah. I think it's very much a cooking show, but it's just it's it's not just a cooking show. No, it has to do with also my life, which is going out and um, doing all the things that happen with ranch life. Yeah, yeah. So um, in watching the show, I see so many amazing facets of where we live. And, and kind of to your point earlier about, or, uh, you know, taking it for granted or not seeing it through the eyes of an outsider. Mm-hmm. One thing that the show does really brilliantly is it shows the beauty of this place. And by this place, I mean pretty much anything between, say, Monterey and um, Ventura, really, which is how I envision the central coast um you know there's there's like i don't know if they're drone shots or what but just really high shots of the hills and the sun and the you know it's it spans out to the beach and um i just i i have a feeling that people are going to wake up to how beautiful it is here was that part of the goal um i think it's impossible 
to not show this place and how gorgeous it this is. place is. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I, you know, I think it. I mean, maybe it will show somebody who used to live here and moved away, thinking, right. you know, I'm going to go green house. You know, the grass is greener on the other side. Maybe they'll be like, whoa, wait. Yeah. Um, but I think that people who live here are here for a reason because of how beautiful it is and um you know the ranch is is just a you know small part of this amazing county that's just full of bounty really i mean just so much going on Mm -hmm. and um and just so many creative people yeah and more all the time too more all the time yeah and so i think it's um definitely something that um that i think people will find the show being really fun to watch because I think it will relate to people hopefully everyone but it's a fun it's fun for us locals yeah totally it totally is so some of the jobs that you do like give me a picture of an average day not a filming day but Mm -hmm. just an average day for you um the one thing that I mean the thing that I love the most and I've said this before but the thing that I love the most about ranching is that every single day is different Mm. and I start the day and Austin and I will usually connect first thing in the morning about what is going to what we're planning and where he's going to be and where I'm going to be um and that never goes as planned you know (laughs) we are always all over the place Mm -hmm. um and something happens or this happens and the whole plan changes and um and I love that um, yeah. because, you know, at the end of the day, we'll either be like, whoa, <laughs> okay, that was a day or, um, wow, everything went really smoothly. We got everything done we wanted to. So yeah. um, I think things, though, that remain constant is that um, Austin and I are always working together mm-hmm. and um, talking about projects that are needing to get done and what we have going on all around the ranch. Um, and... Um, so that's something a constant, you know, getting the boys to school, making yeah. lunches, uh, you know, yeah. that's a part of the job as parents. Um, and a lot of, for me, working with, um, you know, moving forward on the garden, setting up times for, um, we've, we started doing slowly, started doing these private events. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're slowly doing private events more. Um, cooking for those, um, figuring out menus, mm-hmm. and um, and then I kind of bounce back and forth, and then all then there's the farmers market as well, which is getting which is that organized. Always, I mean that's an always thing. Yeah, and um, a year round thing, thankfully, but you yes, know it's yeah, constant. Yeah, yeah, and then going back and forth between um, cattle. So depending if we're gathering, it depends on the time of year. But if we're gathering, I always jump in there and um, we're you know I'm helping gather or whatever. We need to do with cattle. Yeah. It's busy. It's busy, but it's fun. I think that that's, um, I feel, I think I'm better busy. Yeah. You know, same actually. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise it's easy to just kind of stew. Yeah. 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 No. And I, um, and I love it. And, and the kids always come along for the ride, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. So. So let's say in the next 10 years, is there anything, any project in particular you'd like to see done? Hmm. Um, there's so many projects. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel, like creative projects, um, or just fixing the fence. Yeah. A lot of <laughs> fixing the fence, to be honest. <laughs> Actually, that's literally what I was thinking about. <laughs> there's so many 
pastures that must be, no. Um, um, you know, I think um, we are constantly thinking about the future. I mean, I think that is part of our job is mm-hmm. to be thinking about the future. And, um, you know, when, yeah, and I, when we, you know, when we put in a fence, it's, it's something that is for the future. We, you know, we, Austin is big on saying, you know, when the boys, if they join the fence crew, over the summer, we do a lot of f- fence work. It's mm-hmm. just kind of a good summer project. And um, when they join, um, you know, Austin is always saying to them, you know, we're going to do this really well. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to be back here. Right. In 20 years. Right. You know, we want you to be done with this project <laughs> and to move forward. And so that's that's really how it goes here is yeah. that we're we are constantly thinking about the future and what um, we want to do and you know I know it sounds um, it might sound fantasy like and um, but it's a lot of work mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's a lot of hot dusty days mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's um, it's a lot but it is something that I couldn't imagine not doing right so right. um it's been a it's it's been a great life and I just feel very very lucky but also I feel very much like I have a responsibility yeah yeah I, I think that that responsibility has come up before in terms of sustainability and regeneration of the land mm-hmm. can you talk a little bit about your standpoint on all of that because I think it's unique to you in the operation here yeah I'm um, I think that I have a huge responsibility to the land and to our family and um, to really take care of this place while we're here you know mm-hmm. um, and have it hopefully be stronger and better for generations to come Mm -hmm. so um you know i that is something that we spend a lot of time on and a lot of thought goes into um you know as simple as what pasture we're putting them into or when where we're moving them next Mm -hmm. um you know we're always thinking about what's the next step yeah yeah thinking about the future Mm -hmm. um i saw that you had some work with you're gonna have to correct me or tell me it's the mobile. Oh, mobile harvest unit. Yes, MHU. Mm-hmm. MHU. Mm-hmm. And I read that you were really instrumental in getting that off the ground. Is it the first mm-hmm. in California? The first anywhere? First in California. Okay. Yeah, okay. I believe it's like, uh, don't quote me on this, but I think it's like the second in the, I can't remember in the, yeah. in the States. Yeah. How'd you or find? in the West. I don't know. How'd you find out about that concept? Was it something somebody else had started and you were really wanting that here? Um. It was a project that was actually um, started by Temple Granlin, who is mm-hmm. does just amazing, amazing, amazing work. I'm such a fan. Did you see the movie such about a fan. her? <laughs> yes, so great. Yeah, Claire Danes did such a good job, amazing job. And yeah. I got, I uh, was able to go and hear her speak in Fantastic. Santa Barbara when she came a couple of years back. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I just love her. Yeah, and um, she has kind of been behind this project of Hmm. doing these mobile harvest units all around the country. Um, And so um, one of the biggest problems with my business when I first started out doing beef was that um, I could not, um, I'd have to have, I'd have to travel with the animals. And so after raising these animals so well and humanely and all the things that we do, 
I did not want to move them and have any stress. Yeah. And so, um, so yeah, so I started, uh, I joined a co-op and then, um, this was all before I even got married. This was, I was a while ago. Yeah, it was a while ago. It was a yeah. long, it was, I might've been like 20 eight like 20 I was like a baby yeah but it was Um, important to you yeah I was really um I was very much involved in that and making Mm -hmm. sure that that started up and kept going and now it's aligned with a butcher shop in Paso um Jane Army yeah yeah which are great people just love them and um and and it's running you know it was great it just needed to get like going Mm -hmm. and it was a it was it was a lot. Yeah, yeah. That's such a great idea. It just makes so much sense. And it's so cool that this was the first in California. Are there many yeah. now here? Mm-mm. No, wow. I think that it's still, uh, it's, 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 um, it was something that was really important to me because I think that uh, there's so many amazing small producers here mm-hmm. um, that um, would like to be involved and be able to like to, you know, sell their products and they just can't if you know if it's done on a small it's on a small level so right. that that was my hope that this would become something that and and it has and many people use it yeah and it's really kind of on its own I mean the night I mean it's years ago when I and I still use it you know today cool but it's kind of on its own now that's awesome yeah. well let me ask you I ask everybody on here um you know the final meal question so let's say it's the last day of your life you want to celebrate because it's been great um, what are you eating what are you drinking and who's with you oh oh um I would be um gosh it makes me a little teary good <laughs> uh, I would be with my family 100% my boys and my husband and I would um be I think I'd be sitting around a barbecue it's mm-hmm. also just not where and what I would eat I think it would also be where yes you know and eating kind of off the barbecue and um also like I don't know this is not very specific like mm-hmm. roasted you know I would I would um just everything you know roasted veggies and everything I love that feeling of just off the barbecue feel Mm -hmm. yeah I think that speaks to the nature of that question really I mean some people connect so much with the flavors of something their grandmother made for Mm -hmm. them or you know that they Mm -hmm. ate as a child or some people really connect to a wonderful meal they had in a foreign country or Mm -hmm. on a trip or something yeah but I think it speaks to the nature of place and for someone who's seventh generation um I think it makes more sense to describe where it's happening, you yeah. know, and, and the, the setting, um, yeah. Yeah. And even the stuff in particular. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, if that was, that would be it, that would, I would be with those people and I would be just, yeah, definitely around yeah. a fire cooking, cooking food. Yeah. Red Oak. Of course. (laughs) (laughs) Silly question. Well, Elizabeth, it's been such a treat to get to know you a little bit. And thank you for letting me come to the ranch and just be with you in this beautiful place. Oh, it's so fun having you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Consumed. It means a lot to see how the podcast has grown in 100 episodes. And it's all thanks to you listeners. 
The podcast is edited by me this time around because Chris Lambert is amazing and busy with other very important stuff, but he's still forever part of the Consumed family. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate and review and share with all your buddies. Okay, until next time, I'm Jamie Lewis.